If God exists, as an all-powerful, sentient being, and if the Bible is infallible, the Bible would contain solutions to every conceivable social problem. The church would be its application. An all-powerful, all-knowing entity would not create social problems nor be unable to eliminate them, moreover such an entity would foresee all possible results of disobedience and devise solutions to them, so the Bible, or way of God being a suite of solutions, would constitute a virtual utopia. Social problems are present, so therefore God does not exist or people with a faith sufficient to implement the solutions of Scripture, do not exist. Supplemental, ergo, if the church is the vehicle through which God works and if the sign of his existential credibility is a church that solves all social problems, it follows that the church as a people with faith does not exist or God does not exist. If it did social problems would not exist, predicated on there being a God with the attributes of God, and he being sufficiently like God that he was able to provide succor for his people. It is logically possible for God to not exist or for God to be such that he does not fulfill the conditions of a true God, meaning there are false gods. It is not possible to have faith, qua faith in a God that does not exist, or a God that fails to satisfy the conditions of a God, meaning if God does not exist or if God is simply a powerful alien entity, then man could not have faith in this entity as this proposition called God would not fulfill the conditions necessary for faith to exist. This is true if faith is an unquestionable absolute. If faith is belief without reservation or qualification the only thing which could elicit faith would be an entity with the full complement of features that God has. God would need to be the God that is the highest and more perfect and complete conception of Himself that it is possible to conceive. Were there any imperfections, limitations, or cause for reservations, such a being would not fulfill the conditions of God. God to exists needs to be a perfect conception of Himself. But a being that caused or failed to provide remedies for all possible problems would fail in this respect. Perfection is by definition the capacity to erase all imperfection. Social problems are by definition an imperfection not only in the body politic but also in the one who conceived of its organization. If the church is an organizational ideal created in vitro by God then ecclesiastics is the administrative model that is destined to usher in a perfect social organization, called the church. If there is no perfect social model, in vitro, then God does not exist, or faith does not exist. This is predicated on the truth that were a perfect God to exist, He would have created not only the perfect answer to ecclesiastical problems, but beings drawn to perfection. Unless they had no faith. Faith is a condition that draws people towards perfection, as the one to whom we draw near, is perfection it is clear one cannot have faith in imperfection and failure. This holds true as imperfection is not a thing but imperfection is a failure of faith in a being of such perfection and power that he could and would eliminate imperfection. Imperfection would only be possible in a system of negation, in which the power of God was suspended for a time in a negative or sinful, sentient being. If we call this suspension of perfection sin, then sin can only be produced by an oppositional and destructive force, in a place that not only had no faith but that had a negative agenda.
this requires sentient beings able to reject faith. If there is imperfection there is sin, which is rebellion, or there is no God. If there is rebellion it consists of a suspension of the solutions prepared by God. This requires sentient beings with no God or no faith in a supreme Almighty God. Sin manifests as a lack of faith in the Almighty God or there is no sin, it cannot be a sin to refrain from embracing the solutions of a non-existent being. It must be a sin to fail to employ workable solutions to problematical situations. In this respect a sin though it constitutes rebellion harms only the recalcitrant agent, as failure to take a medicine harms the patient, not the prescriber of such remedies. Ergo, man's faith or lack thereof, does not change or impact God. Meaning faith or its lack does not alter the disposition of God or the efficacy of His prescribed church or its solutions. Sin harms the self but evil impacts others. We can fail to implement the ways of God in our own life and impose sin on ourselves. But we may also fail to employ the ways of God in a way that harms others and this is evil. If God exists and God is perfect and if God therefore makes available to us a perfect way of living, it can be assumed this way would be made available in His Scripture and in application, His Church. Therefore, the presence of social problems is an indication that either God does not exist, or the faith of man is insufficient to build His Church, meaning insufficient to identify and apply the solutions of God in such a way that the Church is built according to the divine specifications. Therefore, Christians must ask themselves, is the God of the Bible insufficient to contain and exemplify and exude the attributes of God? Has the biblical God failed to live up to His own standard of divinity, or has mankind failed to live up to the standards that justify and indicate a believer? Either God failed Himself or man failed God and his fellow believer. You be the judge. You are allowed this. If God failed to live up to the conditions, of His own existence, the conditions He requires of Himself in which He set forth for what it takes to be God, there is nothing we can do. If our kind failed to live up to the conditions required to be a person of faith, we can repent and become purposeful Christians. If the Bible has solutions, it is the solutions in vitro, in theory that it has. In application these solutions become the church. The Bible is theory the church is the theory applied. If the world has problems, either the solutions do not exist, which reflects badly on the only possible originator of the solutions, or they are not employed, which reflects badly on those who were expected to employ them, the ecclesiastical authorities. The bottom line and the inarguable observation is that the world does have social problems and these social problems are as prevalent in the body of believers and impact them virtually to the same degree as they impact the more secular person. There's probably less crime and fewer broken homes in those with a church background, but the social problems of the world still impact the church, if indirectly. The church pays for so much of the social problems created by secularism. It is the church that is left with the problem of succoring the victims of secular thinking. The church ends up picking up the pieces left by atheism. It is time to take a stand. What has harmed the church is our compassion. It has been turned against us.
First of all, the sinner denies God. Then he denies the need to follow the Word of God. Then he adopts a secular path that leads him to broken homes, broken families, and broken lives. The church feels obligated to fix these broken things, meanwhile allowing himself and his family to become unequally yoked with the unbeliever. This burden permits the sin of the unbeliever to drag down the church. We either cut the line that permits those drowning to drag us to our death, or we go down with our family to destruction, pulled down by an alien world. It has been said that if God exists, solutions exist. But the solutions must be implemented to be real. Being yoked unequally is not just a mechanical error it means we abandon the Word of God and the ways of God to try and save the ones created to destroy, not just us but the way laid out by God. The paradox is not that the church fails to live up to its parameters, it is that we leave the city and go outside its walls to try and drag the enemy inside to safety. If the Christian is so smart and has moral sense, why are we so suicidal? Think of this statement by God. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. If evil is walled in, who is doing the destroying of what is said to be indestructible? It is Christians abandoning the faith and sympathy with the fallen. The church is built by us, with us, as us. The church is not us as sinner or as apostate, the church is us as workmen building up our faith to bear fruit. But the fruit is changed lives, not pointless acts of sacrifice. To have charity is to help the fruitful. It is to be fruitful. It's something like priming an engine. Volunteering is akin to putting food in front of a stone idol, while people are staving. But as important as all of this is, it is moot if there is no division between good and evil. What does it matter if God even exists, if God and Satan are the same being in the church and the secular world, are moral equivalents? It has been said that if God exists there must be solutions to our social problems, this is a generalization. A more precise rendering of the paradox is that if God exists there is scientific proof of this, expressed in experimental form. In plain language, life is designed as an experiment to prove the existence of God. Our purpose in life is to give a reason for our faith, in other words, our purpose in life is to justify our faith. We do this by means of a scientific experiment that is conducted as an application of the science of apologetic. We are the test group. The naysayers and secularists and their ilk are the control group. The paradox can be summed up concisely by saying, if there is a God there is an experiment conducted by the church to prove there is a God, by proving conclusively that faith is not in vain. If there is no experiment visible, there is either no God or no Christian expressing their true purpose in life. The paradox for us, is why is there no experiment proving to the world faith is justified? The means exist to prove faith is justified. The only thing missing is the will to prove it. Why that is so is a paradox only the individual Christian can supply the answer to. Why are you not engaged in an experiment that proves faith is justified in accordance with the purpose in life you have been given? Please solve this paradox as it needs a solution.